Welcome in to the Sacramento Kings Outsiders. Today's August 10, 2021. Last time we talked to you guys was pre-draft. We had our mock draft, and obviously, like everybody else's mock draft, that was straight up garbage after the fourth or fifth pick. What was uh, the surprise of the draft for you? Um, hmm, let me think. I don't know. Uh, I, I probably need to review nothing. I guess surprise, not that someone was taken earlier than I thought, but um, Sharif Cooper ended up falling way below what I thought. Um, and I don't know. I thought I'm shocked that the Knicks pack passed up on him. Kind of, I feel like he. He's what they need, like a distributed point guard, and he's quick. I mean, I don't know. It just seemed like a really good fit, and yet they passed on him multiple times. I think he ended up going in, like, somewhere between 30 and 35, which blew my mind, and now he's played pretty good at Summer League so far. Actually, now that I start talking about it, for sure, number one easily biggest surprise was the Kings pick. The Kings pick. <clears throat> and who do the Kings pick? <laughs> Bruh. <laughs> it still seems... I'm glad I had a week to think about it, because otherwise I probably would have said some not nice things. I was very, I was just so shocked when they picked Davion Mitchell out of Baylor. Not because I, I don't like him or I doubt him. I actually like him a lot. I just really didn't understand the fit. And, I, and in my in my own personal mock draft I had him going quite a bit lower you know like in the mid-teens uh but after having a little a little bit about two weeks now to stew on it and seeing him in the California Classic and everything I'm really starting to come to terms with it and like the pick a lot more yeah so in our mock draft I had him going to the Hornets kind of for the same reasons why the Kings picked him up just because of his defense, the way he could run a team, and his shooting pretty much, which is many of the reasons why the Kings went for him, even though a lot of people were kind of questioning it just because of all the guards that were on the Kings team. But um, since the draft, they traded away uh, DeLon, right? And they also did not hold on to Kyle Guy, which kind of went under the radar. The Kings didn't really announce it or anything. They just didn't pick up his option. And it actually came out uh, yesterday, the day before that. He hasn't even heard back from the Kings, which is pretty messed up. Yeah, I mean, no lie. I I had – I mean, I checked lots of basketball – news feeds pretty much all day every day and I had no idea that they had let him go until he was already until he was already on the Warriors uh, summer league roster and I read that somewhere like I don't even remember what just that that he was already about to play for them in Vegas and I was like what I thought someone 
thought someone was like trolling, honestly. And then, yeah, I think that was just today or yesterday. He had, they interviewed him at Summer League. He's he's played, I mean, he's a Summer League type of player, honestly. And he played pretty good these last two games. And so they interviewed him and you could tell he was pretty hurt by the way things went down. Um, so I do feel for him, but I mean, honestly, they're so, they're so deep on guards and he was definitely at the bottom of the reserves. So it makes sense. Yeah. They're really deep at guard and surprisingly all of a sudden they're really deep at center. They're still deep at both, but yeah, after Guy and DeLon are gone, I mean, they traded DeLon for, uh, Tristan Thompson and, it took like basically a week to complete because I guess they were trying to expand on the trade. It was between Hawks and Hawks, uh, Celtics and Kings, and then I guess whatever they were trying to do fell through. So yeah, it just was basically a straight up Delon for Tristan Thompson, which is weird in a couple of different ways. Honestly, I expected Tristan to be like, "Yeah, I'm not coming." Kind of pull like a Jason Terry or whatever. Yeah, but we haven't heard anything about that. I mean. To, what was that? Yeah, today or I'm getting my days running together. They just picked. They just guaranteed Daniel Jones. Dan, excuse me, Damian Jones and um, and Metsu. They just guaranteed their contract. So and they brought back Holmes, which is another thing we need to talk about. So I mean that right there, three plus Tristan, four, and then their other draft pick, Namias. I'm not really positive how to say his name. Quetta. That fuck. I mean, that, what is that? Five, six <laughs> bigs. Uh, so they're very deep on guards and very deep on bigs, and they're still and Bagley also. They're still anorexic on small forwards. Yeah, <clears throat> they don't really have any small forwards right now besides Harrison Barnes. Well, more Mo Harkless also, but. No, uh, like younger players backing up the starters, like a player to develop. They do, and unfortunately, it's been super disappointing. Just through these first two games of Vegas Summer League and the California Classic, uh, Louis King and uh, my my dude Robert Woodard, who I was expecting to make a huge jump and probably take over the the small forward off the bench spot this year. But, man, this guy, both of them really, but especially Woodard has looked just terrible, really terrible, kind of making me eat my words. I hate to say it. I mean, it's 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 not too late. He could still turn around, of course. But this guy does not look like the same player that I saw last year during the, the G League bubble. Yeah, and he's actually guaranteed. His contract's guaranteed, which kind of sucks because the Kings can't. Uh, get out of it unless they do like a buyout or something. I mean, I wouldn't want to see them give up on him this early. I mean, I I am having a hard time believing that all that sample size that he where he was just showing out for the for the Spurs G League team last year. Like, I'm having a hard time believing that that was just a fluke, you know. And what he's doing right now is how he's actually playing. I don't know if. Yeah. It, it's yeah, well, I guess the bright side is that his contract doesn't even go past two million. Like this yeah. year, he's making one million five hundred. Uh, saying the next year, 
23 is making 1700 and 2324 is making 1900000 which is pretty cheap for a small forward backup. But even with that said, like, I don't, I don't even know if you could play him at this point. Not in the league. I mean, he's playing this bad in summer league. Come on now. I just, I'm not sure what, I'm not sure what the issue is. Because I was at the California Classic and I saw the small things that, you know, you don't necessarily always see on TV. And he just, I mean, he was fumbling the ball. He was missing easy buckets. And I, I feel like I saw him get ripped so many times. And he's a he's a big dude. Like even by basketball standards, this guy is huge, and he shouldn't be getting the ball ripped from him that like that, you know. Yeah. Uh, so I don't I don't know. Like at the very least, work on your ball security. I guess if I'm trying to be positive. But his yeah. shot his shot didn't look good. His decision making didn't look good. Like I said, I think something's going on with this dude. I don't know if he. Maybe had an off summer or what, but yeah. But besides um, Woodard, there's um, a couple of players that have been standing out, and that's yep. gonna the summer big Terry. Yeah, Terry, right? Yeah, it would be the big. It would be a center that stands out <laughs> with the way their freaking roster is right now. Yeah, he's just straight up hustle. Um, pretty mobile because he has pretty good feet, stuff like that. Yeah, and he, big hustle. He, yeah, just like a grinder, and he'll he'll go and set screens and fight for rebounds, like all the little things that you want from a big. Ooh, nice bucket! Yeah, he he was definitely. He definitely looked like a G League player trying to get that contract, you know. So good on him. And then there's this other kid. I think his was it Matt Coleman. Um, is that, I is that, are you, to be honest, I know his California Classic. Yeah, he's from Texas. I can't remember his. I think his first name's Matt. His last name's for sure Coleman. I had never. I mean, maybe I have seen him. And I just forgot, but. He, he did not look familiar to me at all. And this guy showed out in the first game of the California Classic that first night. And uh, the second night, he uh, he was off. But it looks like he played pretty good again today. He really blew me away. So, of course, you got an undersized guard and a big. That were the highlights outside of, of Devion Mitchell, which we'll get to. Yeah, actually, we could just get to him right now. <clears throat> What's uh? Like you said, you were there in person. So, besides COVID, what's another thing that you caught? You stupid. <laughs> You're so stupid. Um, yeah. So, like, back to draft night. This, I, I, I went to bed feeling very confused, like very um, torn on on that pick. Because, like I said, I have no issue with him as a player or his play style, but. Like, it just didn't make sense. And then um, when I started breaking it down, like, it's probably the least needed position for the Kings, but 
he does have probably the two main characteristics that they need as a team, which obviously is his defense and his dog mentality. And um, I mean, yeah, really that defense and toughness. I think it's hard to say, it's hard to assume that he'll be a leader as a rookie in the NBA with an established core already, but just based off what I saw from college and that national title run uh, and his personality, you know, I think that he will, he's going to fill that leadership role, which is what they've needed these last two seasons, because as good as Fox is, I haven't really seen that, that takeover factor, like that leader mentality. And uh, outside of that, I'd say the the closest to it would probably be Halliburton. But now I think it's for sure going to be Davion. Yeah, he's um, he's really good at defense, and he's also known for being a really good three point shooter. I think he was forty plus right in college. I want to say last year he was like 46% or something, which is pretty damn good. I mean, it's very- yeah, and every, every year in college he was improving as well. So it just shows it's like natural development. It's not some type of fluke. I guess probably my, my main concern for him coming into the league would, would be his size and, um, his age, sure, it's a factor, but I'm not as big on that as some people are. Um, but then, like, after they picked him, I kept on hearing these these Donovan Mitchell comparisons. And I'm like, come on, you guys are being lazy, and you're just saying that because the name. <laughs> but um, I guess I just never realized how short Donovan is. I think his official listing is 6'2", which I, I didn't realize. And uh, and Davion was lift, listed as six foot, but now he's listed as six two. So I don't know if he's six two in shoes or what the deal is. But uh, I just started breaking down. More. I mean, during the during the draft process, I didn't really watch much film on him because, like I said, I just thought it was so far from the right fit that I was looking at mostly forwards and some bigs. And so I went back and really started breaking down some film and. And looking for the for the um, for the Mitchell comparisons, and I saw him like he is way more explosive than what I had realized. This dude is bouncy, so even if he is six foot, he gets up and can throw some shit down. He's a good shooter, which you already pointed out, and then he's relentless on defensive end. So, and he's got a good build. I mean, for for let's let's assume he's six foot. For a six footer, he's got a good build. You know, he's got a lot of muscle on him. Yeah, it's 205 pounds. So I don't think that there's any way that he's playing any position in the NBA except the one. But I think that um, he'll have he'll have a good chance to carve out a role, especially off the bench for first year or two. Yeah, I honestly think there talk, there's talks about running a three guard lineup of uh, Mitchell, Fox, and Halliburton, with maybe Halliburton playing three. And then you have Barnes and whatever big. Yeah, I've heard so, that. 
but we'll see when it comes to regular season. Uh, yeah, there, there have been a lot of comparisons to Donovan Mitchell, but to me, offensively, he kind of reminds me of Jameer Nelson hmm. with the way he, he like cuts and passes the angles he uses. And then defensively, there's a lot of people saying, comparing him to like a Patrick Beverly, but don't do I that. Think, yeah, I think that's it's just because like oh, the way he's like hovering over them. But he's kind of a mixture between like Beverly and like a Drew Holiday. Just like because Drew is kind of like super technical when it comes to defense. Mm. But him, the difference between them is that Drew, like he does give him the space. He just like picks his spots on where when to swipe at the ball. And when it comes to uh, Davion, he he is like hovering over them and still swiping at the ball, which is something that like it's good to see during summer league. But when it comes to the regular season, it's kind of concerning because I don't know if uh, the refs, NBA refs, are going to be calling fouls on those type of plays. You know what I mean? Mm. Yeah, I mean, like for being over aggressive. Damn. Then he's gonna be um, obviously facing better players, but we we won't really know until until regular season starts. So we'll see. Uh, I'm watching this uh, this Blazers Clippers game at, in Vegas, and Greg Brown just straight up. I, I mean, I, I don't even know what that was. It was like wrestling move. Drug this dude to the floor and tried to rip the ball on him. And, and flips him over. If anyone's watching, I'm sure you know exactly what I'm talking about. But yeah, I mean, jury's still out. I don't want to put too much stock in summer league, but he looks good in summer league, so I'm happy about that. His his game looks like it'll translate to the NBA. We'll see when he gets to like playing, starting like real guards, NBA guards. How. Uh, how it compares, but as of right now, from what I'm seeing, I'm not nearly as worried about it as I was on draft night. Yeah, and a big thing about him is that he studies films and he's always looking for ways to get better in his work ethic. They said that they had to um, have a trainer with him like early in the morning, like five o'clock. He'd, he'd pretty much practice before regular practice and sh- Put up shots before practice and stuff like that. Yeah, I've been hearing that he's obsessive on uh, on hit on working on the craft and yeah, the film session stuff. Which is he was like in college, he was preparing like crazy as far as his defensive assignments, which is all good to hear. I mean, I never put too much stock in that around this time of year because people say shit to like hype up draft prospects and everything but like the first day after he was drafted they were saying how he asked for keys to gym and all that and was in there at 5 a.m or, or if i think 5 30 they said that was a, a late day for him was 5 30 so uh, i like all that if that's all true then obviously those are very good signs yeah and especially if like other people start following him which is kind of what everybody's hoping for yeah, and Dragon Metu in there with you at 5 a.m. Dragon, 
highly doubtful, but Dragon Bagley at 5 a.m. Buddy, man, learn how to play some defense. <laughs> you know, I'm not hating on Buddy as much right now as I was at this time last year because he, while they may have been subtle, he made some real improvements in uh, in his game that I, I thought he really needed to. So I'm not mad at him. And I actually kind of feel bad for him after the way shit went down so far since draft. Yeah, he was supposed to get to the Lakers, but Russell Westbrook had a different idea. Yeah. Got sent to the Lakers. I'm pretty sure by now everyone's heard this, but apparently the Lakers offered, and we had been hearing this leading up to the draft, that there was like a – there was rumors of uh, Kyle Kuzma and Montrezl Harrell, and possibly, I guess, the number twenty-two pick wasn't really. I wasn't really hearing that much. More just those two guys for uh, for Buddy, which and KCP I, too. Oh yes, thank you, KCP too. Which I hated. The only person out of those, which I think had a chance of even carving out a role, would have been KCP. And then I know a lot of people that were hoping that Kuzma would, and maybe, but. I, it's not something I would have rather just got like a late first rounder, honestly, than that package for if you were just going for Buddy straight up. But that's not the point. The point is they had it like a done deal. You know, basically what happened last year. They it was agreed upon. That's what they were going to do going forward. And then, like last second, include everyone in the organization, including Buddy, thought that's what was going to happen. And uh, and then the. And then the Lakers ended up doing that exact package plus the draft pick for Russell Westbrook. So there's been Buddy Heald um, trade rumors for, I mean, a long time. We've heard dozens and dozens every year for the last couple of years. But uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that he was feeling some type of way when it came down like that close going to be playing with LeBron. He's going to be playing a much bigger market, with, surrounded by better talent, and then he finds out that it's not true. So I'm sure things are very awkward between him and the organization right now. Yeah, and he was like a huge Kobe fan. That's why he like wore number 24 and stuff like that. Mm. So it does kind of suck for him. And also the Lakers uh, players thought that they were going to go to Sacramento, even Montrezl Harrell Said came out and said that, and that's why he opted into the contract. But like, like you said, at the last second, uh, Westbrook told the Wizards that he wanted to be traded there. So strange. I wonder. I was honestly kind of surprised that Harold wanted to come to Sacramento, which is pretty crazy. What exactly did he say? Because I don't think I heard that. No, he, they they all said that they were blindsided by the trade because. Harold opted in in order to be sent to Sacramento. And then pretty much they just said that they they were all set on going to Sacramento. But he didn't just got blindsided. He didn't say what it was that had him willing to sign like had him willing to sign to, oh, go, to, to go to Sacramento? No. Yeah. No, he just had it in his mind that he was gonna go there. Hmm. Which which is I mean, he still opted in, so obviously he wanted to be here, so which kind of sucks, but at the same time, uh, Keynes got saved from Kyle Kuzma. So, <laughs> <laughs> I it do. Kinda, feel, it's kind of what it is. 
I do feel kind of bad though for um for Montrez. Like I actually feel bad for KCP too. KCP is kind of like a buddy healed of the Lakers for me. Like I was so annoyed with him up until this last year, and he grew on me a lot. I feel like he was one of the only consistent contributors on the team besides LeBron and AD. And he gave them, you know, he gave them a couple of different friendly deals to stay, to keep the team together and stuff. And then there was, you know, it came out that they were like basically dying to get rid of him and trying to include him in every single trade package. And then uh, Montrez left the Clippers and like did it in a pretty aggressive and not very friendly way for the Lakers because you know, he didn't feel wanted and he gave the Lakers a deal. And now after a season, he didn't get the playing time that I'm sure he planned on when he signed that contract and he got traded before his deal was even over. So it's kind of, it's the business obviously, but it still pretty, seems pretty messed up. Yeah. And KCP, I, I honestly, I, I think he's better I, I think he's a better player than a lot of other people think he is. I like him as a player. KCP? Yeah, and he also he's also like a really – he's always hustling. Like, even if he's having a bad game, he'll hustle on defense. Like, he'll mm. do the other little things. Yeah. And he was, he was huge during the um, championship run. I think yeah. he was feeling like almost 50% or something. And that's why I said I thought out of those guys, he would have been the best fit with the team. And just for, is for those reasons exactly – um, and to be honest, I kind of wish he would have he would have went to a different team, like where he could carve out more of a role. Because if the Wizards have any position locked down on the whole entire team, it's it's shooting guard. So yeah, unless they move um, Beal over to small forward, run the three huh. guard lineup. Dinwiddie at point guard. I mean, that would be similar to Kings doing the three-guard lineup. It would be ugly, and they'd get torched on defense even more than they do normally. Yeah, but the difference is that Beal and KCP could actually hit those threes. Dinwiddie, I'm not too sure. I don't think he's like a really good three-point shooter, right? Uh, I'd have to check his numbers, but I think he's above average. Let's see, let's see what I can find on that. Yeah, but that's pretty much all that happened in free agency. Uh, fans were waiting for a big trade to happen, but obviously that Lakers trade didn't go down. So I kind of handcuffed them. And then the other big thing that Kings fans were waiting on was Rashawn Holmes, which he ended up signing back with the Kings, but the market kind of dried up on him. Why the fuck is Spencer? And he, um, he got a little bit more than what I would have paid him, but who still not like Rashawn Holmes. Oh, really? He, nah, you said you would be willing to pay him more than that. I kind of like that deal to be honest. No, I said I said 11 to 12 million. I think he got like 13. Which he is got not like, 55 million over four years. 
So what's that? Yeah, but the, I think it ha- it's just like the other contracts the Kings were doing where it's uh, top-heavy at the beginning, then it, it goes smaller, kind of like the Harrison Barnes contract. Okay, it so gets smaller. There, I'll tell you right now. Actually, I don't know the details as far as backloading or whatever you're talking about, but I'll tell you what he's – yeah, 13, almost 14 a year. But I think a good chunk of that is um, – like incentive based. You should really look it up. Okay, so both of the sports apps not have Spencer Dinwiddie. Base. What is that? Bitcoin things like self image. Uh, Did you see the um, if they win the NBA Finals, he gets a dollar bonus? Russell Westbrook is a two-time NBA scoring champion? Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Pretty weird and almost I think I'd be kind of annoyed if I was him. Yeah. It's pretty funny though. He does his own contracts. Did you know that? Uh, I knew something like that. He's that's kind of what I was just getting at with the why I don't understand why I can't find his name. He's weird about his like uh, making money off his image and all that, and how he wanted to get paid in Bitcoin and stuff. He has some pretty unique um, accounting philosophies. And that, that makes me wonder why, if, why, what exactly is behind that $1 thing. So, yeah, anyways, back to what we're saying. Um, I guess free agency really isn't over. There's a couple guys out there still. Uh, and what I'm really curious to see is if anything comes from all these rumors about, uh, uh, either Siakam or Ben Simmons. Uh, And the Simmons situation has probably been the most confusing thing (laughs) going on in this whole entire free agency slash slash draft process for obvious reasons. I mean, everyone knows how terrible he played in uh, that last series. What the Hawks or who the the hell did they lose to? Yeah, they lost to the Hawks. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, everyone knew that he couldn't shoot. And for some reason, it was like a grand revelation, I guess, mostly because he wasn't even willing to try. His, (laughs) it was such a unique situation how both Doc and Embiid kind of, I mean, they didn't go crazy, but it definitely wasn't normal, the shit they were saying, you know? Like, people don't usually turn on their teammates like that. They're pretty harsh. So, I don't know what would make anyone in that organization think that he's, he would be, he'd be cool with coming back now, you know? And even if, I guess maybe if they were harsh like that, and then they also said, like, he's our guy, though, or we're sticking with him. But they were harsh as fuck, and then they also said they'll be fielding trades for him. So, like, what about, what, why would he go back there? 
you know like what, what what would make them think that that relationship was salvageable so my point is they really have no leverage in trade talks after the way they handled that and for some reason that Daryl Morey or whoever the hell in that organization thinks that they do have leverage and that they're going to pull off some amazing James Harden-esque quotes that's a trade for for Simmons, you know? Like, if this is true, I think, I think Woj was the one that reported it, that they wanted four picks, four first-round swaps or four first-round picks from Golden State and Wiseman and Wiggins. And I think someone else, too. It's like, what? Where? What? What did I miss? Does anything, I mean, does any part of that make sense to you? About the asking price? No, they're definitely over asking. They're definitely over asking. And I feel like they're get, they're just going to end up embarrassing themselves. It's too late now, but like I said, I don't think there's any way that he's going to be on that team at any point this season, like playing, I mean, and, uh, and for them to be saying shit like that, I'd say either the beginning of the season or a month or two into the season, when they realize they're not getting anything out of him, they're going to look very stupid when they have to settle for something way, way less. So, I mean, there's a lot of different, Huh? Yeah, it's a really weird situation, but we'll just have to see how it plays out. There was a video that came out today with him and John Rondo practicing three-point shots. But no, just Rondo he's... Yeah, Rondo was there training with him. Hmm, that's interesting. I wonder what that's about. But just he was actually hitting them, but just because he had some during the off season doesn't mean he's actually going to take them. Right. He, he, he's had the exact, he did the exact same thing last off season. So. Yeah. So we'll just have to wait for <laughs> some reason though, like in the back of my mind, I feel like, like Simmons is the type of player that won't take a shot unless he's like super confident he's going to make it. Well, duh. I mean, he showed that. No, I mean like he, I feel like he kind of like, worries about his stats a lot, you know what I mean? I think he's worried about his image in general. I think so that that's he's why. more of a diva type of I think he's more into the celebrity aspect of being an NBA player. Yeah, so with that said, I feel like he, he might start taking threes, but only if like he knows that he's gonna like hit him at a really high percentage. I mean here's what I think. After the way this shit went down, either I mean he's been in the league for a minute now. He's still really young, but I mean he was drafted in Ingram's class. So what was that, fifteen or sixteen? Yeah, it would be a six-year, I believe. Two-time rookie of the year. <laughs> so if if he if he hasn't been willing to put in the time and like improve his shot really or at least take shots up until now then I don't really have any faith in him doing basically what I'm trying to get at is after that terrible performance after all the people closest to him tearing him apart I'd say this is his last chance 
if he doesn't spend all summer in the damn gym shooting threes and then come out and like bust a three immediately as soon as he comes out and steps on the NBA floor, at least shoot it. I mean, I really don't even care if he makes it, but at least just pull up in someone's face. Then I really will have no faith that he'll ever do what it takes to put in the work. Yeah. yeah. Well, he does put in the work. It's really just like a mental thing for him. Like, are you going to actually take the shot? It's really the big thing with him. Right. Like, he does practice shooting threes, just he just doesn't take them. Right. And that's part of what I mean. Like, even if you spend. 365 days practicing shooting. If you never step on the court and like try to put that into motion, you're just wasting your time. I mean, any shooter can tell you shooting's up almost entirely about confidence. So if you're not, if you have, if you don't even have the confidence to take the shot. I mean, one of the most famous MJ quotes there is. You miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So, yeah, obviously it's a mental thing. Obviously, he's probably just too chicken shit to to look silly by taking a shot and airballing or whatever, missing. But you got to show a willingness to to try, you know? Yeah, to me, with him, the bigger concern is more his free throws than three-point. His free throws is just horrible, especially during that series. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's just a mental thing, really, for him. Because there's no way your guard should be shooting, what was he shooting, like, 30%, 40% free throws during that series? <laughs> Well, that's the other thing. Like, if Sacramento did land him, I wouldn't want to do this coddling shit where, like, yeah, he's got to play point guard. Obviously, he's good with the ball in his hands, and, like, that needs to be a big part of his game, but Sacramento's cool on guards, and after he what he showed this offseason, like, I don't want him in that position. You know, unless he comes a really, really long way with his scoring ability. I'd want him to play the four. Maybe, yeah. I mean, maybe the three. No, the four. And Yeah, I think you'd probably put him at the three. And um, be a secondary playmaker. Like, I would still want Fox or Halliburton taking a ball up. Unless, if it's a fast break, sure, go crazy. Yeah, there's rumors, that, there's rumors that they're going to package Davion in the trade. Yeah, there's lots of different rumors. I mean, me and you are not on the same page about this. We've already talked about trade. Uh, we've already talked about... Oh, including Halliburton in the trade? Packages, yeah. So you go ahead and yeah. tell me. We'll, we'll play this game. Because the other the other big rumor and the other one that I like is a possibility of a Siakam trade, Siakam to the Kings. 
So we'll start with Ben Simmons. You go ahead and tell me what's the max that you'd be willing to give up for Ben Simmons. And then I'll do the same. And then we'll say the same for Siakam. I think I said, um, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was Halliburton, Bagley, and a pick. I don't care what you said. What are you right now willing to give up? If if you were on the phone with Daryl Morey, whatever, fuck, said, hey, here's my offer. Take it or leave it. What would your offer be? Yeah, I'd probably just go with that. Halliburton. Like, my max offer, obviously, I want to start with Halliburton. But if they're going to take Halliburton, I'd hold on to Buddy. I'd probably do um, Halliburton. Bagley in a in a first. Let's see if that gets what? him. What's the first though? Unprotected twenty twenty two. I'd probably do like a top, either like top ten or like a top five protected for next year. Yeah. Hmm. Would be your your max. Well. Sorry, I'm slapping the shit out of some chicken teriyaki right now. Um, so in my mind, Halliburton's worth at least two first-rounders, just based off what I've seen in one year. And I really like the fit with the team they have right now. And either one of these trade pieces, I really like the fit with him still on the roster. If you gave up, if you were to give up Halliburton, you're losing playmaking, a three-point shot, and you're losing defense, like solid defense. If you give up Buddy, you're losing shooting, and that's basically it. If you give up Bagley, then you're saving yourself a huge headache. So, with all that being said, I I think I don't think I'd be willing to give up three first. I think I'd for sure give up two first. I'll say top five protected. And I know you and a lot of other people don't really think Bagley has much value, which is fair. But I think he holds more value than what most people are giving him credit for. And Bag and um, Buddy. Up until today, I was kind of holding out hope that. They'd swing a three a three teamer, and send um, Dennis Schroeder in one of these packages. So, I'll say this for for Simmons, the max that I would do would be two first top five protected, like I said, and uh, Buddy, some combination of Buddy Bagley and maybe uh, maybe Barnes. But, yeah, my ideal trade would be the two first, Bagley and Buddy, because that would be cool with the salary, and they'd have incentive with the first rounders. And, obviously, with that roster, the the more shooters, the merrier, with them be tearing shit up down low. And uh, Tobias having that in-and-out game. So, I don't know how realistic it is, but that would be my max offer. Because even though, let's just say Ben Simmons were to come out exactly how he was 
this past year, and that's all you're going to get from him. Like, he's still solid, but uh, that really restricts, like, the game plan, you know? Like, you wouldn't be able to – you'd have to limit his fourth quarter minutes, and you would get no shooting from that. So there's a lot of work that you'd have to do to make the – to make that – excuse me, to make the lineup really work. And the West, the West, uh, the West is a lot different. So, and on the other hand, even though Siakam doesn't quite have like as nice of stats, he's a he's more reliable as a scorer. He's a way better free throw shooter, and at times he can shoot the three. Yeah, Beyblade. I'd probably pick him up. Siakam, he's a really good player, but I'm kind of worried a little bit about the injury, but those type of injuries aren't like as career-ending as they used to be, so I would take the chance on him. If you, I feel like you get Siakam for a lot cheaper than you could get Ben Simmons. Really? So what do you think? What would be your max offer for Siakam? Um, well, they're in rebuild, so... Yeah, but he's still their best player. If I were... Yeah, I'd probably do like a Davion Bagley trade. It may be yeah. a first. Eight, even maybe though they eight do first. have, even though they have, um, what's his name, Van Vliet. Yeah, I don't know if they'd want like a super small lineup like that with Van Vliet at the two and. Davion at the one. Well, the other thing is they have uh, Malachi Flynn, who I think, as far as I can tell, they're planning on playing. Like, they're planning on him being a starter. Yeah, because that team is not really a team you could throw in uh, Harrison Barnes because that's not what the type of – if they're going to trade Siakam, then they're going to go full rebuild, and they're going to want some player to develop. I mean, you don't view you don't view Bagley as a developmental player. Yeah, I said Bagley. I said Bagley and uh, Davion. But you're saying another player to to develop. Yeah, well, like I don't think you throw in Harrison Barnes in that trade. You know, I don't think you go Davion, Bagley, and Harrison. No, me neither. And you don't or either. or throw Harrison in general. You don't think they'd want Buddy? Uh, probably not. I mean, he's already 28. He's the same age as Harrison. I think Buddy is more like for a contending team. Or like a... Maybe like if you could do some type of trade for like CJ McCollum or something. Maybe that would be a good fit, even though that... Those guards would be terrible at defense, but... <laughs> be really good at scoring. What about Holmes? You would throw in Holmes? For Siakam? Oh. Uh, I mean, now it's kind of weird, like the way that things went down. I would feel terrible trading him now. But... Yeah, especially well, he did, he did tweet out four more years, but then I don't know if you noticed, but he took it down. Did you notice that? Yeah, but I think that was more than likely probably because tampering rules. Oh yeah, or he probably wants to leave in two years. <laughs> <laughs> 
But, um, yeah, I mean, it would be messed up, but also that's business, you know? Mm-hmm. The NBA, like, they don't really care. That's true. Do you think that they'd be interested in either Jemias or Robert Woodard? I don't think anybody's interested in Robert Woodard right now. Yeah, it was a terrible time to look at his style. Okay, well, what about Jemias? Uh, maybe, but... Probably not. Maybe. I mean, they might be interested in, like, a Damian Jones. Really? Yeah. I doubt it. Or if you could maybe throw in Tristan Thompson so he could be, like, a trade piece for future trade that deal. Yeah, see, I've seen that suggested, and I And he's actually actually Canadian, so... I definitely... pretty good. I'd definitely be cool with that, but like back to your argument of if they're in a rebuild, why would they want older guys? Yeah, well, that's why I said use him as a trade piece. This is last year, and I think he's only guaranteed like nine million. So, like, a playoff team would be willing to <clears throat> throw in like a pick or maybe a young player to get him for the, for the postseason, which is probably what the Kings are hoping for. Mm. Yeah, but besides that, they did pick up uh, Alex Lynn. I don't know if we mentioned him. Did we mention oh, him at the beginning? No, we didn't. I kind of forgot about that. They're yeah, they so Alex deep. Lynn as well. They're so deep on bigs. I just don't understand it. You know, I yeah. get, I get why they brought those guys in, but it kind of reminds me of like, like maybe seven, eight years ago when they had a whole bunch of power forwards. Hmm. I think it's pretty evident, like, watching the Summer League, at least. They're just straight up playing Metu at the four, like, the whole time. So I think they're trying to see how he does and move forward with that because he's not – there's not going to be any minutes for him at center, and they're very uh, low on options for power forwards, especially if they move on from Bagley. Yeah, that's why I kind of feel like they're going to try to move on from him so they're trying to see like, who can play there. But they'll probably just have to end up putting Harrison Barnes there. So, I mean, let's say – I I guess – I don't know if we even – my – I think I'd be willing to do the same package for Siakam just so they – just so the Kings could fill that position of need that they've had for so long and they could get, like, a bigger name, like somewhat of a star, which I – think they have a hell of a time getting a free agency <clears throat> but um it, <clears throat> if neither one of those deals was to work out I think it's obvious that Bagley's got to go and Buddy's probably I mean I'd be cool with them keeping Buddy if they could make it work but he's probably got to go so what would be some other trade destinations or some potential deals that you could see for Bagley Buddy or both Um, right now, probably, I don't know trade's happening. Just because all the teams are pretty much set on the mm. rosters. But I think the only thing that could really tip it is, like, if Damian Lillard decides that he wants to be, be out of Portland. And then, like, a whole bunch of stuff is going to happen. Like, mm. if there's a team that's going to trade for him, the Kings should try to get in there and maybe get off one or two of these players and take take on like a development 
player or something like that. Or like a vet. Some type of vet that doesn't want to go to Portland. Because Portland hasn't done anything this offseason. And Lillard yeah. said that he wasn't going to address that. The the team until he got back from the Olympics. So we'll probably hear something soon. That's so crazy. I don't know what to think of that. Like with how with how tense that situation already was and how sketchy that like the Dame thing was, they literally made like no effort. Or I mean maybe they made an effort and everything just fell through. Well they didn't they didn't have any picks. They had like no leverage with anything. But if nothing else, like the guys that they let walk were better than the guys that they brought back. But besides that, is there any other Kings things? Oh, you know what? There is one that we didn't touch on, and that's uh, Harkless. What? Harkless? No, we we talked about that earlier. That we signed them. Well, kind of. We we kind of flew by it, but he he did resign and. We were, that's when we were talking about their their death at the small forward spot. But another big thing that happened was that Doug Christie got hired on as a assistant coach for the defensive side. Oh, yeah, good point. And he's actually going to be sitting at the front of a bench, which is a big deal. Coach him up. It's something that I believe we talked about right on the podcast before. That's something I, I think that I think you suggested a while back. It's actually like one of the only things I'll ever give you credit for. Because <laughs> uh, you always try to claim all this outlandish shit that you never say. Uh, I I like it. I'm not mad at it. I understand it. I guess my only complaint really is um, I'm going to miss him as the commentator. I thought that that shit was very entertaining between him and Mark Jones this past season. Yeah, a little joke and stuff. That was that was one of my favorites. But I mean, we'll see. There's no, there's nothing really to judge off of. Uh, does he have well, any just, coaching experience at all? I uh, think he coaches his kids AAU team, but that's okay. About yeah, it. I'm not counting that. <laughs> but yeah, besides that. Um, he he did do like not like straight up coaching, but he did do like development stuff with players. Did what? And developmental stuff with uh-huh. players. And um that's pretty much it. But the big thing with him is like just from the way he played, the way he used to study film and the way he understands defense. Yeah. Is really what he got hired on. And he would talk about it too, like during um the commentary. Yeah, commentating and also his radio show. Yeah, he, I like the way that he break down stuff. That was part, one of the reasons I really liked him as a commentator. And he would, yeah, he would always like point out stuff that he would see that uh, he'd be like, yeah, he would say little stuff like, "I wish I could tell this player to to do this to correct this type of shot, stuff like that," mm. or "I wish I could tell him like I saw this," which I mean, now he's gonna be able to put it to practice, so. Hopefully, it works out. Yeah, I hope it does some. I hope it does some good, because we all know that that's probably the number one thing they're gonna have to improve on. Yeah, but out of all the like the ex Kings hires, 
I feel like this is probably like one that actually makes sense. Yeah, I've said like I've been saying. I mean, everyone's been saying the Kings have a, a really bad habit of living in the past. Um, for so many reasons, but this one I'm cool with. So I'm just holding out because, like I said, there's nothing really to go off of here. So we could just be falling into this trap, this Hollywood trap. But I got high hopes for it. 